cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Scott Grossman of Turning Point Brands. Scott, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Of course. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good doing well. It's good to see you. I'm curious to know from an investment standpoint, when Turning Point talks about the cannabis vertical, obviously, early on, it's probably exciting. There's all these unknowns and opportunities. But obviously, as we've seen now with the economic climate that's going on, it's, it's not as advantageous. So have you seen a shifting in the narrative or in the feedback from investors, or has it kind of stayed constant? With respect to turning points investors? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, ZigZag is, is roughly half of turning points revenue. It's over almost two thirds of our cash flow and EBITDA. You know, ZigZag, when we went public in 2016, was relatively flat. And to the points which I just made, you know, we've put a a real effort to try and grow ZigZag and, and make it what is potentially one of the only few nationally recognized cannabis brands in the country. So when we went public in 2016, since 2019 to today, the ZigZag brand has grown 75%. Obviously, a lot of that is tied to the secular wave that we're seeing. And so with respect to our investors, uh, you know, we're viewed as as a as a picks and shovels brand, a valued strategic partner. Clearly, have our toes in the water with respect to directly investing in the space. And from you know our investor standpoint, it's there are very few companies and industries today that have these secular tailwinds, which we're enjoying, and we're just trying to do our the best to to, to help monetize that. Staying on the strategy side, obviously, with the M&A is a big focus for you. Are you looking for specific uh, add-on products that fit into the portfolio from a consumer standpoint? As in, this consumer likes to smoke, we're looking for products that are all by them. Or are you targeting certain regions, knowing the Northeast is coming online, the Southeast in the future, and looking for certain products that fit in those categories? How, how do you think about each of those? Yeah, so with respect to geography, we pay very close attention to what states are being greenlit when they're coming online, um, and we, di- you know, we we divert a lot of our Salesforce efforts into trying to be a good partner into, you know, getting those, um, you know, head shops and alternative stores to look like the best world class, you know, dispensaries, whether it's in California, etc. Um, that would be more on the geography. We don't necessarily invest specifically on that. With respect to categories, I would say everything is fair game. You know, 99% of the stuff we look at, unfortunately, we turn down for a variety of reasons. But, you know, we're trying to, again, trying to find something that, you know, really fits with what we do that can be put into the sales bag. And, and so be a little bit more of a one-stop shop for the, for the customer. And the customer in this case would be the store owner or the MSO or the head shop owner. And so that's, that's kind of how we approach it. The cannabis industry seems to have a big distrust for tobacco. Would you find that true? And do you have any rebuttal on why that shouldn't be accurate? Yeah, I mean, I think as a industry, and I obviously I'm in it, so there's there's reticence to get in bed with big tobacco, big food, big pharma. 
They tend to be big companies. I don't necessarily think we're, we're definitely not enemies. I, I think at 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 worst we're frenemies, right? Uh, you've seen a number of things, whether what we've done or BAT or Altria with Kronos. There's there's been a a bunch of like toe dipping from a number of big tobacco. Uh, with us, I think it's a little bit of an easier sell, right? Because we've been in the rolling paper business now. Uh, for a very long time. And and at the end of the day, it comes down to trusting and knowing your partners, doing what you say you're going to do. Um, and so I think it's a little bit easier for us. But at the end of the day, I think this whole strategic first startup mentality is, is always, whether you're in cannabis or not, um, there's always that fear that you're getting in bed with a much larger company. And then I think over time that that will fall away. At least that's my hope. I know your team is not a plant touching operator, but does it face right. any cannabis related uh, issues or stigmas that would surprise or shock other people to hear? Listen, I think we we all face the same stigma. You know, cannabis consumers are lazy, or they're not motivated, or you know, and and it, I'm probably biased, but you know, it, it could be further from the truth. And the most consumers that I know who use it recreationally or medically are super high performers, <laughs> you know? And uh, I, I think that we're living in a world where health and wellness is being closely examined from everything we put in our body. And I'm not saying that cannabis is the end-all be-all and it's the panacea to longevity. But if you're drinking five beers at a night and spending $50 and have a thousand calories and waking up with a hangover, the younger generations are, are seeking alternatives. And, and, and so I think the stigma that was perpetuated over the last 50 plus years is just a shame. And I'm glad to see that changing. Thoughts on sativa, hybrid, and indica? You know, it's, I think everything at this point is a hybrid. You know, when I'm I'm aging myself, but I'm I'm 45 years old, and the sativa indica conversation really didn't exist 10 years ago. It's a relatively new phenomenon. I think everything at this point is 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 hybridized and has a a blend of each. I personally, you know, I, I'm not I don't enjoy sativa leaning heavy strains. It's just not the effect that I that I I'm looking for. I tend to use it for sleep and for relaxation. And um, so I understand the nomenclature. I understand that you have to kind of put something on the shelf that speaks to it, again, a different experience. But I think at this point, to say something is pure sativa or pure indica is, is a little bit of a misnomer. What's the future roadmap? For me or for the company? Uh, Either or. <laughs> I think the roadmap is continuing to do what we're doing with respect to Turning Point. We're head down. We're very much focused on trying to get our products that people love and have loved for 150 years in more hands and more stores. So we're going to continue to do what we do well. And in terms of the roadmap of the industry, I think it's just too early to tell. I think we're going to see, again, the strong getting stronger, balance sheet over income statement, and hopefully getting some reform on the Hill to enable these companies to, to really thrive and grow again. Um, but in the getting to that point is, is a little uncertain. And I think asking anyone that question who has a crystal ball, uh, it's, it's suspicious because it could go in a lot of different ways. When you got started in the cannabis journey, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? 
What did I get right? I got right that it would be a state-led issue. I got right that the the pressure on bordering states to accelerate the adoption in their own state would increase. I got right that this would cross the aisle between red and blue. And I got right that the industry would start to become more normal and start eating uh, a bunch of established businesses lunch. Um, what I got wrong, I don't think the price compression, anyone underwrote that. I think that's been way deeper than, than most have uh, anticipated. I also thought that access to capital and the, and the ability for more institutional investors as well as other strategics, I thought at this point we'd have more at the table and we don't. That's probably how I would answer that question. If you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? Um, I would say take care of yourself. I think we spend a lot of time, everyone's hustling and trying to to, to be their best, but I, I don't think we spend enough time about what you need to do in order to be prepared for that journey. So whether it's meditation or working out and eating right, all I would definitely say that if you're 30 years old and you're not working out two to three times a week, I think you're going to get lapped. Do you think the cannabis and tobacco industry will become one macro industry and eventually merge? If so, when? If not, why not? I think it's going to be a hybrid. I definitely think they're going to be standalone, very large, successful cannabis-only companies. Uh, I definitely see a world <laughs> where cannabis becomes part of a broader portfolio, whether that's big food, big tobacco, uh, big pharma. And we've already seen that. So I don't think I'm going on a ledge with that. Bar listeners, they want to get in touch and they want to learn more about Turning Point Brands. Where can they find you? Yeah, sure. Uh, turningpoint.com, zigzag.com is our B2C site. You could also find us on Amazon. Obviously, look at us throughout the entire retail uh, network. Uh, with me specifically, uh, I tend to be pretty active on Twitter. It's uh, SRG444, I believe or maybe one more four, but there's only one SRG444. That's me. And please reach out. Awesome. This was fun. We'll link it up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. You bet. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Elland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. 
When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.